Well, in our last message today on who is God. You know, we've been in our new building here, and we moved here, uh, this is our fourth Sunday here in our new space, and, and it's just now coming to me. I'm just now feeling like, okay, well, th- this is home. Right? For the first couple of weeks, I just thought that I was a guest preacher at some other church, and, but all my friends were with me. But, um, it, but now, you know, it's kind of sinking in, like, what? Staying. We're not leaving. We're here. We're glad to be here. And we met so many new friends in the past three, four weeks. And, uh, and it's been my greatest honor to be here, to serve, and, and to, to continue a legacy at this location. There's been a church here since 1890. Can you believe that? A church since 1890. And, and, and we get to carry the torch. We get to carry the torch that's been... That been um, before us, you know, that were behind us, and we get to carry forward into the next generation. And um, I'm excited about what God is doing here at Lay Point. And we're in this series called Who is God? In fact, we're kind of wrapping up this series today. And I wanted to, in our very first series at our new location, we wanted to establish who we are and what, and it's not about us, it's all about who God is. And we wanted us to uh, lay out the foundation of who he is. Before our very, very first service here, and we mentioned this about three, four weeks ago, uh, we had the word of God, the foundation of God's word being proclaimed out loud from Genesis to Revelation in this building. Before the first worship service happened in that last week, God's word has been proclaimed in this building. And it's because we believe that the, that the Bible it's the word of God. It's the authority on which we stand. And, and we believe, you know, more than that, we believe that God, the Father, we believe on who he is. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. But we've been talking about who God is as a foundation, and, um, and it's so important about this message. I believe it's one of the most important message series that I've ever given. And here's why. I've said this every week. And I, and I hope that you have... Um, remember these two lines. If you can't remember anything now, remember these two thoughts because it's so critical in how we handle God and how we understand who he is. And the first thought is this. How far you go spiritually, you know, how far you know God is how you go, how far you go spiritually. As far as you know God, as far as you know him, the deeper you get to know him, the more you grow in your walk with God. And here's the other thought. The more that you know him, the more you love him. And the more that you love him, the more you want to serve him, the more you want to live for him. And so it's all about knowing who he is and, and, and understanding who God is. And we've talked a lot of different things. And in fact, this series could keep going on and on and on, but we're going to wrap this up. And I want to give us an idea. I want to talk about a name of God throughout the Bible. We see the different names of God. We see the name Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. We see the name Jehovah Rohi. We see that in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. We see the Lord uh, Jehovah Adonai, which means the sovereign Lord. We see the name Jehovah Rapi which means the Lord heals. Today, we're going to talk about the name of God. And this name that we want to look at 
It's Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, is that a Japanese car? <laughs> now, come on down, 3.9% financing. Today, you can drive in a new 2019 Jehovah Nisi. <laughs> I just had to say that, you know. But anyway, get that out of my system. This had nothing to do with the Japanese car. It's everything about the name of God, and that name, it means the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. And we find this name, Jehovah Nisi, in Exodus 17, verse 15, that Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. Now, we're going to unpack that story in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to explain what does the Lord my banner, what does it mean for me today? What does it mean, the Lord is my banner? And let me explain this. Every Sunday morning, I get extra nervous. I get extra nervous because I know I'm going to come up here on the platform, and it's not, I'm not so nervous that I get to see a, a bunch of eyeballs looking at me. That doesn't bother me that much, okay? But here's what, here's what I get nervous. Here's what, I get, here's what gets me. Here's my struggle from time to time. And thankfully, the Lord is my banner. He's my inspiration, and he helps me through this. But this is my struggle. My struggle is I worry about what people think about me. I'm this 80% deaf pastor, and I'm the, I'm the guy that should not be up here on the platform. I'm the last person you should think. And oftentimes, I worry about the first-time guest or the second-time guest. And you're like, okay, th that's cool. You got this guy up here. But when does the real pastor shows up? And I'm, 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 I got bad news for you. <laughs> this is it. Okay, you're looking. And, and, I, get, and I get this low. All right, well, thank you. Y'all making me feel better today. All right? Yeah, thank you. All right, all right, all right. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. All right, so, but the Lord is my banner. And he helped me. He's my inspiration. He gets through. And I don't worry about my low self-esteem as I used to. I don't worry about who I am. I worry about who God is. And I focus on him. The Lord is my banner. He goes behind me. He goes before me. He is with me all the way. He is with me. And sometimes when things in life get difficult, when, it, when you and I face a tough trial, we just want to give up. We just want to quit. Maybe you're trying to be a better mom or a better dad. Or, or maybe you're just trying to stay on top of your financing. Or, or, or you're trying to be more patient. Or maybe you're losing an addiction that you just can't seem to kick. Or, or maybe you struggle something like, I'm trying to lose weight and you just seem like you can't. When those things get hard for me, I often find myself to, to, to struggle I often find myself wanting to quit, to just lay down, to give up. And I bet that there are some of you here today, you, you're like, yes, God, that's me. I sometimes feel like quitting or giving up. And whatever it is for you that you want to give up on, whatever it is that you're struggling with, we need a banner to look to. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. The Lord 
Here's my banner. Maybe you can relate to what Paul says, Romans 7, verse 15. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Paul says, man, the very thing I hate is the thing that I do. And I want, I want to lose weight, right? And you're driving down the road, and you see the hot donut light flashing. That Krispy Kreme donut. And I don't, know what, I don't know if it's a struggle for you, but my car just happens to know when that light's on, and it just automatically just turns into the parking lot. All right? Does your car do that too? No, it's just my car. Okay. All right. So my car, just, oh, hot donut light. It, it has this resistance. It, I have to fight the, the, the car wheel, the wheel of my car from not going into the parking lot. And many times I've failed. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's not one thing to eat one Krispy Kreme donut and it's hot. I mean, you can't just eat one. I mean, you got to eat more than one. For me, it's one time four, one time five, the way I look at it. All right? And, it, and it's terrible. But all of us, we've been there. Maybe you say, man, I want to be a better dad. I want to be more patient with my kids, but then he mouth off at me and then I lose my temper. You know, the things I do, I hate, and I don't want to do it. We do those things, and I totally understand what Paul is talking about, and I'm so glad to know that I'm not alone in these feelings. Because I'm going to look at the story of Moses, because I can relate to Moses. I think a lot of us can. I can relate completely with his struggle. And we know the story of Moses, and what I want to do is I want to pick up his life story. And what I want to pick it up is where he is now exiled from Egypt. All right, he is on the run. He has left Egypt. He is now in the wilderness. He's a shepherd boy. He's a shepherd man taking care of a flock of sheep in an unknown little quiet corner of, the, of this time period. And he's just minding his own business and he's walking around taking care of his sheep with a staff in his hand, a stick walking around, and he's taking care of his animals, and all of a sudden, he has an encounter with God. We remember that God was in a burning bush, and God has a message for Moses. He said, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want you to go and get in, confront Pharaoh, and I want you to tell him to let my people go, to let my my children, the Israelites, and so I want them to be free from bondage and have a new place for them. And you're going to lead those people to a promised land. You've got to go to Pharaoh, and you've got to tell him to let him go. And, and Moses, of course, Moses was like, God, I can't do this. You see, this is my life. This is my, this is my role model. Because he said, God, I can't do this. I talk funny you got to get somebody else to do the job. And, and, and God had to remind him. He said, hey, what do you have in your hand? And he said, well, i got my staff. i got my stick. And he told Moses to lay the stick down. And we know what happened. It turns into a snake. And then, of course, Moses, you know, he backs up. And then God said, I want you to pick up that snake by the tail, which was a bad idea. But Moses obeyed God. He picked up 
the snake by the tail, and it turns back into a staff. And then God said, Moses, I am with you. Just do what I want you to do. And so Moses, he goes. Now, let me, let me just say this. If, if this was our time period right now, you know, we would look at this plan and say, what a bad idea to go to Moses with your stick. Uh, I'm sorry, to go to Pharaoh with your stick. You would say, that's a terrible idea. What we would do, if we saw a nation that was oppressed, I mean, we would bring the big guns in. The military and all its might would come in and take care of business, wherever that might be. But God sent Moses to Pharaoh. There was no Navy SEAL, no Green Beret. There was no laser-guided bombs or drone in the sky. It was just Moses and his stick, and it doesn't sound like a great plan to confront the, the leader of the world to say, hey, you got to let my people go. But Moses trusted God. He trusted God. And so he went, he confronted Pharaoh. He got the stick in his hand. He said, Pharaoh, let my people go. And, and, and Pharaoh was like, no, I don't think so. That's not going to happen. Uh-uh. And so Moses, he takes the staff. In fact, the Bible began to refer to the staff, the stick, to the staff of God. And it tells Pharaoh, he said, Pharaoh, God has a message for you. If you don't let his people go, then some bad things are going to happen, and God can use this stick to bring it down. And Pharaoh's like, come on, man, bring it. And so here's the confrontation. Moses and God, God brings out 10 different plagues. Six out of those 10 plagues involve Moses doing something with his stick. Finally, at the end, now Pharaoh's had it with Moses. He had it with all the plagues. He said, you go, get out of here, take your people, leave. We're done with you. And so Moses delivered. He brings the people out. And they start walking through the wilderness. Moses leading the, leading the path with his stick in his hand. They come to a place called the Red Sea. It's a dead end. There's a mountain over here. There's a mountain over here. Meanwhile, that morning, the Egyptians had woken up. They, they were used to someone making their breakfast. But those someone, those people are now gone, and they don't know how to make breakfast, okay? So they're hungry. In fact, now they're hangry. They said, we've got to get those Israelites back. They used to do all the work for us. And so they hop on their chariots. They get going. They start chasing down the Israelites. And the Israelites, they see what's happening. They see a dead end. They see they can't go nowhere on your left. They can't go anywhere right, and you've got all of these hangry Egyptian soldiers chasing them down. And so they're freaking out. They go to Moses and Moses, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? And so Moses goes to God, and God said, Moses, I want you to raise your staff, and I want you to wave it over the Red Sea. And that's what Moses did. He takes his staff. And he raised the staff over the Red Sea. And you know the story. It splits into, into two. Dry land down the middle. And the Israelites walk across. 
the Red Sea on dry land. Water, a wall of water on your left, a wall of water on your right. And God again showed his power through Moses and his stick. Afterwards, they, they're in the middle of a desert. They ran out of water. The people of Israelites, they go to Moses and say, hey, we're going to die. You brought us out here to die of, water, of thirst. We have no water to drink. So Moses goes to God, and God said, Moses, take your stick. I want you to hit that rock. And that's what Moses did. He takes that stick, he smashed against the rock, and out of that rock, millions of gallons of water comes out, and they had water to drink. And so Moses and his stick, he, he, almost, becomes, he almost became legendary. He would walk around the camp, and people were like, ooh, it's Moses and his stick. Man, can we touch that stick, Moses? And Moses was like, sure, go ahead and touch it. Right? I mean, he become legendary. It almost became a, a banner of sort. Like a national banner. It was a, it was a banner that people were looking to. They knew that there was something special when Moses was walking around with his staff. Now, let me just pause for a minute. Let me talk about the banner. Because banners are very important in this time period. They're important today. Uh, let me give you three quick thoughts here about a banner. Number one, a banner, a banner is a symbol. It stands as a symbol, something that's huge. It represents something that's bigger than the soldier himself, something that's bigger than life. It symbolizes a cause, a cause. It's a cause that motivates them. The second thing that a banner does, it's important for us to know, that it stands to inspire. You know, for a soldier and for any of us, our natural inclination when someone is, you know, want to hurt us or maybe to shoot at us, we're going to hit the ground or we're going to run from danger. Why? Because we care about our life. But there's something about in a battle by the way, all soldiers fear death. But there's something about when they see a banner, whatever that might be, it might be a flag, whatever it might be, when they see that banner being waved and someone says, charge, they overcome their natural tendency to hide and say, you know what, there's something bigger and better than us, and it caused them to go forward willing to risk their life. They're motivated by the banner that is presented in front of them. It also, if you're taking notes, it helps us to stay in the fight. It helps us to not give up. Now today, we have these banners. It's not a stick like this, but it might be a flag. It might be a flag, flag of our country that brings out our patriotism inside of us. Something about our flag on certain times of the year that gets us excited about where we're at and where we live and the sacrifices that people have given their lives to. Uh, for others, it might be a, a banner. It might be your family. In fact, you might have a picture of your family in your wallet or in your purse. And every time you look at it, it reminds you of why you work the long hours, why you're making the sacrifices, why you spend or save money the way you do. It, it, it motivates you. It inspires you. It helps you to stay with it and not give up. And for others, uh, a banner might be uh, something religious. 
It might be a, a, a Jesus fish, you know, one of those little fish that you have on the bumper of your car. Or perhaps might be a, a crucifix or a cross that you wear around your neck. A banner, whatever it might be to you, it's a powerful symbol that motivates, that inspires, and it keeps us in the fight. Now, here's the question I'm going to ask you this morning. What is your greatest struggle right now? What is your greatest fight that you're in right now? What is your greatest battle right now? Maybe for some of you, it's your marriage, and it's your greatest battle. It's your greatest fight right now. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your fear of losing your job, or maybe you're struggling to find a job, and that's your greatest struggle. Maybe it's your health, or maybe it's someone you love that your health is not well, and it's your greatest battle for your family. It's your greatest battle for you. Maybe you're fighting for life, all together, because you're just ready to throw in the towel and just give up. Whatever it is, we all need a banner to look to, something that will inspire us, something that will help us to keep on going. Now, let's go back to Moses. Uh, we see the power of God working through Moses and his stick. We go to Exodus chapter 17. We go to that story again. And I wanted to see the, the, the point of this whole story. I wanted to see, and then we're going to make some application as we close out. All of a sudden, in Exodus chapter 17, we don't know why, we don't know where it comes from, but we find the Israelites in a battle with the Amalekites. We don't know, uh, you know, we don't know why it was called, what the cause of this battle, we don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, you will read this, and there's a battle. And so here's Moses' brilliant strategy. Look at verse number 9 in Exodus 17. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men. Go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. I mean, he's the great military strategist. Moses said, guys, here's the plan. I want you to run down, those, run down the hill, run down to that valley, and I want you to fight. I want you to take on the bad guys, and I'm going to stand up on the hill, and I'm going to raise the banner. I'm going to raise this stick, and, and I'm going to hold it up, and that's it. That's the battle plan. You go down there, and you take care of business, I go up there and I hold this up, and I'm sure other men were like, yeah, that sounds like a great plan. We know about Moses and his stick. Hey, that sounds like a wonderful idea. And so they run out there to fight. And Moses, he goes up on the hill, and he holds up the banner. He holds it up high. The thing that they've all been looking to, to inspire, to help them stay motivated and not quit before the Bible tells an interesting part of the story. You see, it didn't happen the way Moses had expected to. It didn't happen the way he thought it was going to happen. I'm sure Moses, like, run out there, he's thinking, man, every time I wave this stick, whew, something happens. Every time I lift it up, 
Man, God shows up in a powerful way. I mean, I'm not ready to jump. And those Amalekites, they're going to fall down dead. I'm sure that's exactly what he was thinking. I mean, who's ready to go? I mean, he walks up there. But Moses, he was expecting an instant miracle. But not this time. Look at verse number 11. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Bible says, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. The Bible said that as long as Moses held his hand in the air with his staff, the Israelites were winning the battle. They could see the banner. They were inspired. But then he would get weak. His arms would get tired. And his arms would start to get lowered. Can't hold it up. And when that happened, the Amalekite started winning the battle. And God's not coming through. And Moses like, God, what is going on? What is happening here? My arms are getting tired. My friends are dying down there. God, what's happening here? The Bible said that the battle took all day long. Think about that. Probably eight to ten hours. I mean, have you ever tried to hold your hand up for at least five minutes? I mean, it's easy for a minute. It's easy for maybe two minutes. You start getting to the five, six, seven, eight minutes, depending on how strong you are, your, your arms start to want to, get, want to drop. They start to get tired. And about halfway through the day, Moses, he can't do this any longer. He's about to collapse. He looks, however, something happened. Right in the middle of that battle, right in the middle of that day, he felt someone. And this is a whole nother sermon. But he felt someone lift up his one arm and another person lift up his other arm. And he look over to the right, he see his brother Aaron holding up his arm. He looks over here, he see another person named Her, not Ben Her, okay? He see a guy named Her, and he lift up his arm. And they held his arm up for the rest of that day until the battle was over. And, I, and again, I just, want, I just want to pause for a minute because that's a powerful truth. Because that tells you that you're not in this fight alone. That yes, God, God is the one who's ultimately in charge and will win the battle for you. But God uses people around us. I'm thankful for people in my life that hold my arms up. People that are praying for me. People that encourage me. People that say, hey, Pastor Scott, we love you. We're thankful for you. How can we serve you? How can we help you? You know, and you have people in your life, I pray you do. I pray that you have people you surround yourself with. That's why it's so important to have life groups. We have life groups here. It's so important for you to get connected with other people so that they can, when you're going through a battle, when you're going through a struggle in life, that they can lift up your arm before God Almighty. And so here's Moses. You know, he got his arms up. And they said, Moses, we're not going to let you fail we're not going to let you down. And the Bible says that the rest of the day they stood there. And at the end of the day, the Israelites won the battle. Moses got what he hoped for, but wasn't quite the way he thought it was going to go down. Here's a couple quick lessons I want you to learn from this battle. Number one, real quick, God's timing It's not always my timing. You see, a lot of us, we expect God to do an instant miracle, like a microwave. 
God's not always a microwave. Sometimes, many times, it's a crock pot. <laughs> Slowly simmering. And he's got a plan in all of it. Said so all of us, we want that. Man, God, where you at? But God said, man, I'm working behind the scenes. And I've got a plan. You've got to be patient because my timing is always, always better than your timing in mind. God's timing is not always my timing. Here's the second lesson. Recognize that your banner is more than a symbol. It's a person. It's a person. Notice what Moses did at the end of the battle. He said Moses in verse 15 built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner. There's something significant about the fact that he is calling the Lord his banner. Remember, at the beginning of the battle, there was nothing about God telling Moses, hey, Moses, here's the plan. I want you to go up the mountain, and I want you to wave, wave up, raise the staff, raise the banner, raise the stick, and I'm going to work a miracle. See, God never told him that. And here's what I think happened. I think that Moses and the people of Israel have become so infatuated, so enamored, so they got hooked on the idea of the stick and the tool that God had used to perform miracles that they had forgotten about the miracle worker. They'd forgotten about who, who behind the staff. A question for you this morning. When you think about this, what's your stick? What have you been looking to? What earthly banner have you been looking to for your motivation in the battle? Your motivation not to give up. What is inspiring you right now? Like I said already, maybe it's your family. And they motivate you. You've got the pictures of your kids in your wallet. And they motivate you. And by the way, that's a good thing. Maybe, maybe it's success or financial freedom is your banner. Or independent from, you know, from debt. And being free from debt. And, and you, you look at, you look at your, your, um, your bills every, every month and you see it shrinking. And you, you say, this is my banner. This is my motivation. A debt-free lifestyle. And that's your banner, and that's, that could be a good thing. However, at the end of the day, whatever your earthly banner is, it's just a stick. You see, at the end of the day, Jehovah Nisi stands out and lasts forever. If it's not Jehovah Nisi, then it's just a stick. By the way, Moses' stick is gone. We don't know where it's at. It probably got thrown into a woodpile somewhere. 
Maybe some kid saw it and pick it up and said, ooh, this is a good stick for s'mores. I don't know. But I tell you what, it's gone. I mean, if it's still around and you happen to find it, put it on eBay. It's worth a lot of money. <laughs> but it's gone. It's just dust. At the end of the day, it's just a symbol. And Moses started out that day looking to a stick, his banner. But at the end of the day, he realized it's just a stick. The Lord, Jehovah Nisi, he's my banner. He's my banner. And some of you would say, Scott, that's a great story, awesome. But what does that mean for me today? I'm going to give you two applications and then we're done. Number one, Jehovah Nisi inspires you to never give up. Jehovah Nisi inspires you to never give up. There is someone out there who wants to inspire you, and it's God himself. He is your greatest cheerleader. He is cheering on the sideline. He's the one that said, man, you can do this. He said to focus your eyes on me, the author and finisher of your faith, and you can run the race that is set before you. Because you got your eyes on him. And he said, man, you can do this. Come on, hang in there. Don't give up. Don't quit. He is inspiring us to never give up. But number two, Jehovah Nisi empowers you to victory. It empowers you to victory. Psalm 60, verse number four. But you have raised a banner for those who fear you, a rallying point in the face of attack. There is one that we can rally around, rally around. We can rally around Jehovah Nisi. He will carry us. He will give us the strength to carry on to victory. The Lord, he is my banner. Now let me ask you again and we close. What's the toughest battle in your life right now? What is your toughest battle right now? And I say here this morning, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't cave. I want you to say, God, you're my banner. God, you're my banner. There's one more blank on your handout notes. One more blank. And it says, God is blank banner. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your name in that blank. Put your name. God is Scott's banner. God is Judy's banner. God is Nathan's banner. God he is my banner. He is my banner. And when you feel beat down, you're ready to give up on your marriage, you don't give in. Say, God, you're my banner. When you feel like quitting, when your finances is out of order and you feel like you're running out of money before the month runs out, and you say, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to quit. You stomp your feet and say, God, you are my banner. When you're here today, you say, God, I feel hopeless. 
I feel like life is, is worthless and I don't feel like I have anything more to give. I feel like quitting. I feel like giving up. I'm here to say today to get your eyes off the things of the world. The things of the world will never satisfy. But there is one who can help. There is one that can give us the strength. There is one who can give you the victory. His name is Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner.